your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. We want to talk about that powerful RTE Investigates programme on uh, domestic violence last night. Um, This is another hole where he kicked in the door, tried to get into me in the kitchen. There's another hole in this one here and we've since plastered it over. This is the window that I ran to, to try and jump out. Top story window. I was contemplating jumping out the window, yeah. Possibly could have broken my two legs and my pelvis. I don't know what way I would have done it. I just wasn't thinking at the time. All I was thinking was survival mode. Just fight or flight. And a choice I'd made, and will I just jump? And then I was pulled back, so. I thought he was the best thing since sliced bread. There was nobody like him. I'd never been with anybody like him. He was obviously a fantastic actor. But he acted in real life as well. He was working on uh, Fair City and I didn't watch Fair City, so it was Patrick Fitzpatrick. He plays Zumo. It started off with um, over-romanticising everything and love-bombing and treating me like a princess and everything was wonderful. And then it was like a switch. He was upfront and told me he had abused women before in his past relationships. Um, But of course, I thought I could fix him. And then it got worse, it got worse and worse, and it was regular. All I did was curl up into a ball, and I, shamefully, that's all I did, because I couldn't. I didn't have any fight left in me. He had broken me down so much, I had no fight left. Last night, RT Investigates broadcast the horrors and realities of domestic violence, which has increased during the pandemic. The programme was filmed during the crisis and one survivor of abuse from an Irish TV actor demonstrated how anyone can be suffering in the background. And we're joined by Denise Dunn from Adapt Services in Limerick, uh, who uh, do great uh, support work in this area. Good morning to you, Denise. Good morning, Joe. How are you? So your thoughts on last night's programme? Um, I thought it was an excellent programme. Um, it was it was hard to watch. Uh, even though I work in the area of domestic abuse, it's never easy when you're hearing women's stories. And no matter how often you hear stories like that and similar to that, and we hear them every single day, it's still not fair. It's not easy to watch. Um, I think it was very brave of the, the women who came forward to share their stories because it's a very, very hard thing to do. Um, and I suppose hopefully it has raised awareness on how common domestic abuse is, how prevalent it is, and, you know, what things need to change um, in order for women to get what what they need when they're experiencing domestic violence. Mm. Our producer, Amory, made two interesting points off the air. The first one was that uh, not one of the front pages of the newspapers covers this this morning. Mm. Um, And secondly, uh, a lot of people, even in our office, um, struggled to watch this or or chose not to watch it. Mm Yeah, uh, that doesn't surprise me, to be honest with you, Joe, um, because very often, like we, we would highlight, uh, as we've often done on your show, the numbers of women that we support, um, uh, you know, how, how the types of, of abuse that women experience. And we would hold um, events around the county and public awareness talks. And a lot of people just don't want to hear it or don't want to think about it. And I think sometimes it's just because it's possibly too awful to think about uh, what women and children are experiencing in, in their homes and men as well um, because when you think about home you think about a place that you want to go to at the end of the day to relax 
and get away from the outside world. And, you know, for anybody who's experiencing domestic violence, the minute they close that door, that's when the danger starts. And I think people don't want to go there or don't want to think about it. It's much easier to think about something that happens outside in a public space. And as one of the... Of the um, the managers of one of the domestic abuse services last night said, if this was happening on the street, if you were witnessing this happening on the street, you would be absolutely outraged um, mm. if you saw a woman being beaten up in the, on the street. But when it's happening behind closed doors, it's very hidden. Yeah. Um, in the clip we just heard there, um, mm-hmm. uh, the woman had uh, said something like, you know, of course I thought I could fix him. Mm. What's what's going on there? Do you think? Um, I suppose. For, well, I suppose when when a couple get together, uh, you know, and and form a relationship, you know, you would imagine there's love there. And when somebody exposes some kind of, I suppose, vulnerabilities or or faults in in their personality, I think for for a lot of women, sometimes there is that that tendency to hope that they can change a person or they can fix a person. Um, it doesn't mean to say that every woman who's experiencing domestic violence goes in, goes in there thinking that she can fix somebody. That's not the case because very often domestic abuse is so subtle and happens over a period of time that they're in the relationship for years before it can become that quite extreme, you know. Yeah. We're chatting to Denise Dunn from Adapt Services in Limerick. Can you at all understand how any man can kick and punch his pregnant partner to the point that the unborn child dies? I think that moment will stay with a lot of people after last night's yeah. programme. Yeah. Is there any exp- explanation for that? Not as far as I can see, Joe, to be honest with you. I, you know, like we, we, we are at the other end of the spectrum. We work with the women who are experiencing this. So we're seeing the hurt, we're seeing the injuries, we're seeing the control, the fear. We see that every single day. So I don't have an awful lot of sympathy for for the perpetrators of abuse, to be honest with you, because they consciously do it. It's not something, you know, and, and very often the press will turn around and say, oh, there's mental health problems or there's problems with addiction. Or, and there might be, there may well be. But that does not excuse abusive behaviour. You know, there's plenty of people out there who have, who have problems with mental health, who have problems with addiction. They're not abusive. You know, so it doesn't excuse abusive behaviour. It doesn't excuse controlling behaviour, which is at the heart of domestic violence. Coercive control and domestic abuse are one and same thing where you have that control over another person. So there were people coming to that programme last night who had very little knowledge of it or only peripheral knowledge of it and they might have reacted in one way. I mean, what were your feelings during it? Um, I I, I felt a lot of sadness for for the women listening to their stories. Again, as I said, we hear it every single day. It doesn't make it any easier to hear. Um, Also very sad for for that young man whose mother was was murdered and the sisters of the women who were murdered as well. Because that's the other side of it. You know, this isn't, it's not just the woman who's affected with domestic abuse. It's the wider family as well. That, that's, the the sadness is always there. a lot of anger, you know, that women have to go through what they go through when they look for support. So when a woman comes and looks for support to ourselves, for example, the onus goes on her straight away to do something. You know, like as you heard last night, she's the one that has to leave the home. You know, she, she and, and very often social workers and all will turn around and say to the woman, what are you doing to make your, your children safe? So the onus is on her to make herself homeless a lot of the time and her children leave the home. If she decides she wants to return to the home, she goes for an order. 
and the whole court system, as we said last night, is totally adversarial. The woman sometimes is made to feel like she's the victim. So, you know, going to the Gardaí, making the statements, having to go to court then numerous times. And you saw that last night um, where the women are going back time and time and time again to court. Um, And then if and if uh, they get an order um, and they go back into the home, if he breaches the order, very often nothing happens. You know, he, he may be arrested but he may not get a custodial sentence. So the systems that are out there, so, for example, the legal system, the housing system, they don't support women when women look for support when they're leaving abusive relationships. And that's the difficulty. That's, that's the problem. You know, and a lot of people say, why don't women leave abusive relationships? It is hard to leave. It's very, very hard. We can support women to do all of that um, and help them every step along the way. <laughs> Denise Dunn from DAP Service and Dermic is uh, with us. So, so that's why you see a pattern, not always, but you see a pattern of uh, people returning to abusers. Yeah, and you know that's for, for a, a number of reasons and not everybody does return. It's important to say that as well. A lot of women go on and they leave the abusive relationship and have got great support, but a lot of the time those women may have good support networks as well. They may have a family who are very supportive. They may have friends who are very supportive. For some women, they don't have that. You know, very often because uh, the abuser sometimes has alienated the woman from her family and friends, she has nobody else to depend on except him. So sometimes if she leaves an abusive relationship and she's starting to get support, she has all this difficulty in trying to access the courts, the, the guardy, uh, housing. And at the same time, she could be getting calls from him, pleading, begging with her to come back. The kids could be saying, we want to go home because they're not home, at home anymore. And very often the pressure is too much that the woman will say, you know what, it's easier if I just return. Right. Um, I mean, do you have women ringing in the middle of the night whispering to workers that that was one of the things that came out in the RT Investigates programme last night? Yeah, there was, there was nothing that came out in the RT uh, Investigates programme that we haven't experienced, um, Joe, and us being honest with you. We women ringing in the middle of the night, the guardy arriving with women in the middle of the night, just with the clothes on their back, and their children. You know, it's you see their kids coming in middle of the night, middle of the day, whenever, um, and sometimes they literally only have the clothes on their back. They had to leave the house in a hurry. Um, and the fear is always there. The fear is huge. Uh, and that stays with the women the whole time because even when they leave an abusive relationship, and again, if you look at the femicides, a lot of those women who were murdered by um, people that, that were known to them had actually left abusive relationships. And sometimes that is when it can become most dangerous for a woman is when she decides to leave. And very often the women, particularly that we get into refuge, are women who have left the abusive relationship and their lives are at risk Um so and, they, they come into the refuge. And then when cases do come before the courts, not mm-hmm. always, but at times, the sentences seem quite light. Yeah, they are. And, and again, I suppose if you if you look at that um, Patrick Fitzpatrick case where he ended up doing, I think it was a week or something, his, his case was suspended. So there is a huge piece of work that needs to be done uh, around the, the sentencing. And they also when there's uh, barring orders being breached, that they get custodial sentences, that they don't get a rap on the knuckles and told don't do it again. Um, you know, so there is a huge piece of work that needs to be done around that. On the plus side, well, I, I will say, Joe, I think, and I, I again, I'm, I'm speaking particularly from Limerick, you know, there has been a shift and a move with the court services in Limerick, with the Gardaí in Limerick, wanting to work with us and work very closely with us. And that's really welcome. That's a really welcome change to have the judiciary in the court services. Right. That's interesting. I mean, how recent is that shift? 
Um, the court service is very recent, I'd say within the last six months. Uh, to a year, uh, six months to a year, there's definitely been a shift. I, I put it this way, kind of started before COVID um, started and then when COVID happened, the courts, um, they put restrictions in place and so on and so forth, but it's it's gaining momentum again. Uh, the Gardaí over the past number of years, um, I'd say the last two, three years in particular, have been working really, really closely with us as well. So that is really welcome and that's, you know, it's something that we need to build on. Right, it's important to acknowledge that. Now we saw various refuges across the country, including one in Tipperary, talking about how they couldn't take in everyone who contacted their services. Is it similar here in Limerick? Yeah, unfortunately it is. It's a huge problem. And the problem is, um, they, they call it bed blocking. Um, there's women in refuge who are ready to move on. You know, they've either got their order or he could have moved in other part of the county or whatever the reason is, but they're ready to leave refuge. But we have nowhere for them to go. And this is something that, um, you know, the, the local authorities really need to look at and really need to prioritise women who are experiencing domestic violence. By not prioritising women who are experiencing domestic violence, they're actually putting other women and children at risk because we can't take them into refuge. That has become a massive problem. Um, I've been having meetings with the homeless action team here in Limerick and it's something that we just need to really, really keep pushing and pushing. Women who have experienced domestic violence need to be prioritised for housing. The programme did feature as well how men can be the victims of domestic violence yeah. from women. And, you know, it was pretty disturbing to see that they generally have nowhere to go. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and, you know, like, and I think for a lot of men, it's very difficult for them to disclose domestic abuse because of the stigma, because they feel ashamed, which they shouldn't, uh, because anybody who's experienced domestic violence isn't at fault. It, it, it's, it's a perpetrator that's at fault. But yeah, there's very few resources for men. Um, the Men's Aid um, are, is an organisation working here. And so there's a, one or two other organisations as well. But again, I think that's something that... Um, it's, it's slow, but it's it's getting a little bit more momentum. But again, there needs to be more services for men as well. I would totally agree with that. All right. Well, Denise Dunn from Adapt Services in Limerick, thank you very much for that really interesting insight into that RT Investigates programme uh, last night, which is uh, available on the RT Player 2. Uh, and of course, you can contact Adapt Services in Limerick if you need their help. Thank you, Denise. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.